Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode and today I have with me my mother, Renee. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Good to be here. Good to have you. Thank you for coming and today we're going to talk about a very important topic that I think a lot of people deal with every single day and you'll realize why I say this in a minute. But before we start with that, let's have a word of prayer so that the Lord will be with us as we delve into his health message and with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for life and health. Lord, we praise you so much for everything that you do for us. And we thank you for making us fearful and wonderful, like you say in your word. It is truly an amazing thing when we research how the body is made and how you made everything in this world. And we ask that you help us to take care of this body that you've given us so that it might be a temple to you so that we don't die an early death and help us to give up whatever it is we need to give up so that we are able to go into heaven and be living with you forever and ever. And we ask all these things in your precious Holy Son's name. Amen. What is the first thing that people typically do when they wake up in the morning? Well, go to the bathroom, maybe get dressed, get something to eat, brush their teeth, have a cup of coffee. A lot of people do. They have to go have their coffee before they can do anything or maybe a cup of tea. Yeah. So, so usually the before they even do all of the things you mentioned is start the coffee maker. Then the, while that's brewing, they get dressed and do all of the things you just said. And that is their first instinct. But why shouldn't that be our first thing that we do in the morning? Well, because the body needs water, first of all, not caffeine. Caffeine is horrible for the body and it ends in INE. And anything that ends in INE, like codeine, nicotine, caffeine morphine. Those are all drugs and they're not good for the body. They cause harm to the body. They're poisonous to the body. So it's not a good thing to have. The coffee and tea and caffeinated drinks like even soda pop, they stimulate the system and increase your heart rate. And the intellect is aroused and fatigue is temporarily forgotten. And this stimulation is short-lived and it proves only to work as nervous energy pleasure of the body's vital force. And after the stimulation, and the fatigue and listlessness and mental dullness follow. So there's quite a list of the effects of caffeine and we're going to go over some of them now. And the first one is that it has effect on pregnancy. It can lead to birth defects. It also increases incidence of bladder and stomach cancer, especially with the drinking of five or more cups of caffeinated beverages every day. It stimulates the stomach secretions, which leads to ulcers and it's very habit forming. Also increases mental speed for one to three hours in such things as math and typing. Then mental speed drops below normal. Motor coordination is very decreased. It also produces insomnia, headaches, and agitation. It also raises blood pressure and it increases the heart rate and basal metabolism rate. It aggravates hypoglycemia and diabetes. Two or more cups of coffee elevate the blood sugar level. It increases blood coagulation and it can lead to thrombosis, which is blood clots. It steps up the production of urine and increases the heart attack risk by upsetting the fatty acid glucose balance in the blood and raising cholesterol. The heart attack risk becomes greater with higher caffeinated beverage consumption and it affects 
affects every system in the body. Speaking of higher caffeinated beverages, what comes to your mind that is very highly caffeinated that people have died from and had serious side effects from drinking it? Energy drinks. Yes. Those things have way more caffeine in them than coffee does. They're very dangerous. I've read story after story after story of a teenager gulping one down and boom, within minutes something's happening. They end up in the hospital and end up dying. And they get seizures and foaming at the mouth and energy drinks are so dangerous. Do not drink them. Not just because of the caffeine but because of all of the other junk that is in those energy drinks. Just read the labels for yourself and you can see how much stuff is in that drink. Right. And I'm going to read a quote now from the Spirit of Prophecy, a book called The Ministry of Healing, that tells us the effects of all caffeine drinks. It says the action of coffee and many other popular drinks is similar. The first effect is exhilarating. The nerves of the stomach are excited and these convey irritation to the brain. And this in turn is aroused to impart increased action to the heart and short-lived energy to the entire system. Fatigue is forgotten. The strength seems to be increased. The intellect is aroused and the imagination becomes more vivid. Now that's on page 326. As I said, it's also in Temperance, page 77, paragraph 2. And the answer is not decaffeinated coffee because the chemical problems that are associated with that irritates the stomach and the digestive tract. So that's no better. Every day, millions of people are taking a mind-altering addictive drug. And this drug has been implicated in degenerative diseases such as cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and of course, that's all the effects of caffeine. And also, as we mentioned, uh, other beverages like soda pops and energy drinks, and even some over-the-counter drugs. There is very few people who are not affected by caffeine. You know that quote that you read, it's very true because I've seen a lot of people after they take their coffee a short time later their energy is zapped again and they're feeling like a zombie walking around and then they take more coffee to get back the feeling they had before right and so they take coffee and coffee and coffee and pretty soon they have like eight cups a day well I remember you many many years ago when I was a teenager and I would drink Pepsi and my hands would just shake because of the caffeine and I was affected by it seriously and and it's true when you take that you feel like you have energy and you can clean and cook and whatever run here and you know conquer the world so to speak and then all of a sudden you're coming down and then you're just like oh you know you feel so drained and tired and yeah like you said then you want more many people are affected by this because many people drink coffee tea chocolate you know there's energy drinks soda and pain relievers it's in there too and most people get their caffeine by drinking these caffeinated drinks in north america nine out of ten people drink them and worldwide the consumption exceeds four million tons that is a lot i mean why do you think caffeine is so popular well people enjoy the exhilaration it brings to their mind and body but these so-called pleasant effects don't last for long caffeine's effects run in a cycle it draws from the body's emergency energy reserves to produce instant energy but unfortunately caffeine's stimulating influence is short-lived resulting in a letdown as we said earlier caffeine is a legal drug that hurts and this triggers the yo-yo syndrome which we were talking before you get low you then you want more highs and reaching for that 
next caffeinated drink to get more energy is not the answer. Caffeine is a close cousin to cocaine and nicotine. It's part of a larger group of drugs related to amphetamines. And just two to three cups of coffee daily is enough caffeine to alter the mood and the behavior of the consumer. Caffeine's effects upon the brain and nervous system are far reaching. Most people drink caffeinated drinks because they feel they need a lift or they want to become more efficient. And while it does increase alertness, it masks fatigue and it does it with a price. Loma Linda University conducted an interesting study on spiders demonstrating the effect of caffeine upon the nervous system. For their experiments, they chose the orb-building spider, known for its large symmetrical webs. Very cleverly, the researchers were able to measure an infinitely small dose of caffeine, which they injected into the spider's bodies with a super fine needle. Each spider was given a dose equivalent to two cups of coffee in an adult human. Then the spider's webs were carefully studied. All of the webs made after receiving caffeine were completely distorted. They were small and they had few strands and were very misshapen in appearance. Before the caffeine dose, the webs were beautiful and had 30 to 35 circular rings of silk thread. Wow, that is amazing. Yes. But 48 hours after a single dose of caffeine, the webs were still distorted and contained only 12 to 13 rings, which is a significant drop. Yes. This distortion continued with the spider's webs returning to normal only after 96 hours or four days. The incredibly quick energy caffeine in parts isn't free. It comes with a definite price tag, taxing the nervous system and decreasing mental performance. Now, if it took them four days to return to normal and people are drinking this every day numerous amount of days what is the effect on our body they're not normal then ever if they're drinking it day after day after day they're not normal that's a really amazing experiment maybe the most acknowledged effect of caffeine consumption is insomnia well, that's for sure caffeine does keep you awake i mean even if a person has slept enough hours the quality of the sleep usually isn't good as it should be no it's not because your body still has this ability or need or want to do something and you're trying to sleep. It feels like you have superpowers when you don't. And caffeine users are also more likely to experience hostility, depression, and fatigue. Do any of us need more of these things? I would say no. No, and a lot of people are struggling with depression and fatigue especially, and so they take more coffee to help them get over this. Yeah, and they're actually just damaging themselves more. Now, let's talk about the impact of caffeine on our physical health. It relaxes the muscles at the upper end of your stomach, and as a result, partially digested food may leak from the stomach back into the esophagus, which causes heartburn. Caffeinated drinks also stimulate the stomach to produce more acid, and this can contribute to the development of painful ulcers. Most people are unaware that caffeine increases their risk of cancer and heart disease. And I believe it because my grandmother drank coffee every single day of her life from the time she woke up till the minute she went to bed, she drank coffee all day long. Constantly the coffee pot was going and she drank, 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 drank it. And all 
all of a sudden one day she just fell over dead and we never had a autopsy or anything done but i believe after learning about caffeine that that's what killed her was that coffee that was part of it and her bad diet but she didn't know better about that part of it she didn't know better about the coffee either but i'm just saying i i believe that that's what did it yeah i mean that affected her heart severely oh yes now one cup of coffee a day can also do damage if you just drink one cup a day the first thing it can do is increase the risk of stomach kidney lung rectal and esophageal cancer the second thing it can do is it doubles the bladder cancer risk in women two cups a day and it raises colon cancer by 250 percent and doubles the risk of fatal bladder cancer and increases the risk of ovarian 12 and pancreatic cancer wow that is just from one cup of coffee a day that's amazing people say oh i only drink one cup a day (laughs) well guess what that's too much sometimes it only takes one to do damage i've heard of those back to the energy drinking stories where they've never had this stuff ever before and they just drink that one energy drink and boom dead or in the hospital and they're fearing for their lives coffee is known to elevate the blood pressure and to increase the chances of a stroke or heart attack which is why when you have it in those high dosages like energy drinks you get that heart attack right away and you're done five cups per day may increase coronary artery disease by 300 percent wow that is a lot caffeine may also increase your heart rate and cause irregular beats it can raise your cholesterol and accelerate blood clotting which leads to again a heart attack now while caffeine presents significant health concerns for everyone pregnant women are at a greater risk why is that because pregnant women drinking three or more cups of coffee or tea a day were found to more than double their risk of having a miscarriage caffeine consumption during pregnancy can result in a lower birth weight for the baby bone problems and slower field growth and even after the mother gives birth the caffeine consumption can pose a serious risk to the baby few mothers are aware that caffeine levels in breast milk are 50 percent higher than in their own blood to make matters worse this caffeine stays in the baby's bloodstream for more than 80 hours compared to only five or six hours that it stays in the mother's blood isn't that amazing that is a poor baby i know their systems aren't set up like ours that takes time oh and they don't even have their immune systems that aren't that strong when they're born and here you know the mother if she's drinking this is causing severe damage to that poor baby yeah these people need to be educated on the dangers of caffeine which is one of the reasons why we're doing this because we don't want people to have these health problems exactly did you know that caffeine use can cause a deficiency of essential vitamins and minerals yes i did well caffeinated beverages have been associated with deficiencies of calcium b vitamins and iron caffeine is also associated with calcium loss from your bones which is an important factor in osteoporosis in one study calcium loss doubled in almost everyone who used caffeine imagine caffeine's effects on the bones of a young growing body a child drinking a 12 ounce caffeinated soda has a caffeine intake equivalent to four cups of instant coffee for an adult that's crazy in a recent study of 460 teenage girls who drank soft drinks especially dark colas 
had a five times higher risk of breaking a bone than other girls who didn't drink the colas. Wow. Caffeine is a very addictive drug, and regular use of even small amounts leads to dependency. Choosing to stop drinking coffee, tea, or soft drinks is a wise choice, but for many, it's not easy. Within 12 to 24 hours of stopping all caffeine, withdrawal symptoms may appear, and this can include headache, fatigue, apathy, and some anxiety or nervousness. Now, I want to cut in here and tell a story. My grandma, who I was talking about earlier, that drank coffee all day long every day from the time she woke up till she went to bed, came to visit me when I was probably your age. And I didn't have coffee in my house, but I had decaffeinated because I drank that at the time. And I only would drink one cup of that, but that was too much too. So anyway, she was drinking decaffeinated coffee. And after about a day or maybe day and a half, she's like, you have to take me to the grocery store. I have to get me some regular coffee. She's like, I have a headache. So she knew that she needed coffee. And the reason for her headache was because she wasn't drinking it. She was drinking the decaf, which didn't have the caffeine in it. And it was affecting her and she wanted the regular stuff. So I took her to the grocery store and she bought the regular caffeinated coffee and drank a couple cups and her headache was gone. So it is true that that's what happens. And this is from somebody who didn't really know anything about health or the effects on the body and they knew the reason why they were having these problems. Right. Now don't let the initial symptoms intimidate you because most symptoms peak after 36 hours and they should be gone entirely within the first week. So the first week will be your hardest will be the worst yes like any addiction it will seem very hard that first week but with christ we can overcome and can stop drinking these harmful drinks whether it's tea or coffee or chocolate or soft drinks or energy drinks or whatever it might be in right there's nothing too hard for the lord and philippians 4 13 says i can do all things through christ which strengtheneth me we cannot stress this enough we have to become diligent in our lifestyle and we must be diligent when it comes to reading labels because people oh yes put these things in our labels and we don't sometimes even realize that it has changed and caffeine is in more things than we realize it is it's in a lot of things now the spirit of prophecy has quite a bit to say about coffee and tea and she's talking about tea that contains caffeine not the herbal teas many people get confused on that when they read that and I've had a lot of people ask me what's wrong with spearmint tea or peppermint tea chamomile tea nothing when she's talking about tea she's talking about the black tea the green tea because they are highly caffeinated And Councils on Diet and Food, page 421 says, tea is poisonous to the system. Christians should let it alone. And then she says, those who believe present truth should refuse to drink tea or coffee. And that's in Temperance, page 158, paragraph four. We have to be label readers for the tea as well. If you see a tea that is like, you think is good or whatever, you look at the ingredients. Right, even herbal teas will contain an ingredient called natural flavors, which is just another name for 
MSG. So be very careful even buying herbal tea. Read your labels, as Kayla said. Very important. Now, children should never be served tea or coffee either, and you can read about that in Three Testimonies, page 488. Many parents educate the taste of their children and form their appetite. They indulge them in eating flesh meats and in drinking tea and coffee. The highly seasoned flesh meats and the tea and coffee, which some mothers encourage their children to use, prepare the way for them to crave stronger stimulants as tobacco. The use of tobacco encourages the appetite for liquor, and the use of tobacco and liquor invariably lessens nerve power. And you know, I remember too, growing up and being with my grandma, well, she raised me, and I would ask her if I could have some of that coffee, because she drank it, but I never had had it, and she said no. She, she would not allow me to have it. She said, <laughs> her words back then were, you're goofy enough. <laughs> So she knew that it would probably make me wild and hyper from the caffeine. We weren't allowed to have it. That's good of her. Yeah, but we were allowed to have a soda drink. So She tried. So, yeah, she, she probably didn't realize that there was caffeine in that as well. But mostly mostly we did have like 7-Up and Orange and root beer. I don't recall having like Pepsi and, and Coke much because she probably did know. But anyway, we are to refuse it when it's offered to us. And Councils on Health, page 463, tell us, if tea is offered, let him refuse it. Well, Why, Kayla? Because it has caffeine in there and we shouldn't drink that. Also, the stimulating diet and drink of this day are not conducive to the best state of health. Tea, coffee, and tobacco are all stimulating and contain poisons. They are not only unnecessary, but harmful and should be discarded if we would add to knowledge temperance. And that's in CD 420.2. And we cannot be afraid to offend people. We have to say in a nice way, thank you for offering that to me. That's very kind but I don't drink that. Right, exactly. And as long as we're kind and say it in a nice way, if they get upset, well, we can't help it because we have to honor God first and foremost and please him above man or family or friends or anybody. Would we rather offend God or offend men? Right. So another thing we're counseled to do that when we're offered a tea or coffee, we refuse it and explain the harmful effects of it. The quote I'm going to read is in Councils on Health, page 463, paragraph one. It says, if tea is offered, let him refuse it, explaining that it is harmful. That though for a time stimulating, the stimulating effect passes off and a corresponding depression is left. Let him explain the injurious effect of intoxicating drinks and of tobacco, tea, and coffee on the digestive organs and the brain. So if you explain that to people, they might be more understanding, and if not, well, that's, we can't help it, you know. But we have to obey God and not worry about what people think of us. And when you explain the reasons why, like you said, people are more like, oh, I get where you're coming from. Right. They might not do it themselves, but they'll understand why you're not doing it. Now, you know? we were saying how they are both highly injurious. And here she says it herself in CD 424.2, and it says, tea has an influence to excite the nerves, and coffee benumbs the brain. Both are highly injurious. Tea acts as a stimulant, and to a certain extent produces intoxication. Wow like alcohol. The action of coffee and many other popular drinks is similar. The first effect is exhilarating. The nerves of the stomach are excited. These convey irritation to the brain, and this in turn is aroused to impart increased 
action to the heart and short-lived energy to the entire system. Fatigue is forgotten. The strength seems to be increased. The intellect is aroused. The imagination becomes more vivid. Because of these results, many suppose that their tea or coffee is doing them great good. But this is a mistake. Tea and coffee do not nourish the system. Their effect is produced before there has been time for digestion and assimilation and what seems to be strength is only nervous excitement. When the influence of the stimulant is gone, the unnatural force abates and the result is a corresponding degree of languor and debility. Wow, that is a powerful quote. That really sums it up and tells it like it is. She also says that in Councils and Diet and Foods, page 423, the continued use of these nerve irritants is followed by headache, wakefulness, palpitation of the heart, indigestion, trembling, and many other evils, for they wear away the life forces. Tired nerves need rest and quiet instead of stimulation and overwork. And that is so true. Now, tea and coffee are not as powerful as tobacco, are they? No, they are not. Tea and coffee and tobacco all have an injurious effect on the system, but tea is intoxicating, though less in degree. Its effects is the same in character as that of spirituous liquors. Coffee has a greater tendency to becloud the intellect and benumb the energies. It is not so powerful as tobacco, but is similar in its effects. The arguments brought against tobacco may also be urged against the use of tea and coffee. And you can find that in Councils on Diet and Foods, page 426, paragraph 1. They contain poisons. And and you know, I don't know if you've ever seen a cup of coffee in a cup, but when you look at a cup of coffee in the cup, you can see these little oils floating around on the top of the coffee. The caffeine is in there, but you can't see that. But you can see these little oils floating. That is if you don't put cream or sugar in it, just black coffee. And I never knew what that was until later on I grew up some, but those are poison. Those little oils, you know, that are floating around on, on there. And the Spirit of Prophecy tells us in Councils on Diet and Foods, page 420, tea, coffee, and tobacco are all stimulating and contain poisons. I was like, wow, look at that. So it is as injurious as liquor and also as much poisonous as a tobacco. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. But tobacco's worse, she says, but still. It's all, all bad. Almost, yeah, it's all bad. Now, here's some more information on tea. And besides water, it's the most widely consumed beverage in the world. Hmm. Tea is. It excites, but it does not nourish the system. And I'm talking about black tea, white tea, chai tea, and green tea. They're all very addicting, and they contain over 400 poisons. It originated in China as a medicinal drink. The green tea did. And the scientific name is something I can't even pronounce. Camellia cyanitis or something like that. And it contains 1 to 4% caffeine. Tea drinking became popular in Britain in the 17th century. That's quite a long time ago. Oh yeah. And they still have tea time over there. Oh yes. Very much so. Even in Australia and New Zealand they say do you want to have a cup of tea? Right. And I know this because I was over there for a right. while and that's what people would do when they would invite you into their house they would offer you a cup of tea or something right. to drink very 
very polite, very nice, mm-hmm. but we'd have to insist on water or lemon water or something like that. Right. Now, here's some more information on coffee. Coffee cultivation first took place in Arabia. Coffee is somewhat acidic even. It has a pH of 5.0 to 5.1 and normal is 7.0. The first evidence of coffee drinking appeared in the middle of the 15th century. So that was two centuries before tea. It's extremely high in caffeine and has a very negative effect on the nervous system, which we talked about earlier. It excites the system, but it does not nourish it and is very, very addicting. And there's no nutritional value in either coffee or tea whatsoever. And we have backup from that in the Spirit of Prophecy in the book called Education, page 204. It says, tea and coffee fail of supplying proper nutriment. Now, tea and coffee drinking is a sin. And here is the proof in CD 425.3 and in Temperance 80.1. It says, tea and coffee drinking is a sin, an injurious indulgence, which like other evils, injures the soul. These darling idols create an excitement, a morbid action of the nervous system. Wow. So first she calls it a sin. Then she says they're evils. Then she calls them darling idols. So did you catch all that? That's like, wow. Yeah, that is very clear language that it is evil and an idol. And not only does it injure our body, but it injures our soul. Yes. So read the next quote, Kayla. It tells exactly that from Councils on Diet and Foods, page 62. It says, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, is the language of the Apostle Peter. Many regard this warning as applicable only to the licentious, but it has a broader meaning. It guards against every injurious gratification of appetite or passion. It is a most forcible warning against the use of such stimulants and narcotics as tea, coffee, tobacco, alcohol, and morphine. These indulgences may well be classed among the lusts that exert a pernicious influence upon moral character. Wow, that's a great quote too. And you want to know why? Because it has ill effects on the mind. The brain activity is greatly lessened. That's in Councils on Health, page 441. The brain is benumbed, 4T365. The brain is injured, CD402. Degeneration of the mind, CH49. Depression, CH463. Intellect beclouded, CD426. And mental power is ruined, CD421. And there's ill effects on the moral and the spiritual, more than just what we were talking about, how it had effects on the soul. So here's even more proof. Development of spiritual powers are hindered, CD402. It injures the soul, CD425. Sense of sacred things is perverted, CD428 through 429. That is really true, too, because I know people personally that use these things and they're not interested in sacred things at all. It is really true when you really sit down with them and talk with them you can just tell that these things no longer matter anymore. Right. Soul's finer sensibilities are benumbed and that's in 3SG116. Tongues loosened, CD423. Worship of God hindered, CD426. And the sad thing about this is that churches nowadays put 
coffee in the sanctuary. Well, not in the sanctuary, but, you know, the part before the sanctuary, like the meeting place before you go into the doors of the sanctuary. Before you? Yes. Wow. And I've seen it personally, and it's very sad. That is sad. So they drink the coffee, and then they go listen, and it's no wonder why they can't get anything out of them. And then they're going to try to worship God. (laughs) Oh, wow. And tongues are loosened. So you take the coffee, you start gossiping, you start talking about your brothers and sisters, which is a sin, and all of these things. This is to show you what one little thing can lead up to. And it's not just for good things. It's for bad things as well. The ripple effect is for bad and for good. Right. There's also ill effects on the body. Body organs are injured, CD402, causes anemia, depression, CH463, digestive organs injured, CH463, diseases of every kind produced, CD421, dizziness, temperance, 81, dyspepsia, councils on health, 111 to 112, headaches, ministry of healing, 326, heart increased like a rapid heart rate mh326 heart palpitations mh326 human system excited or nervousness 2t65 human system injured cd426 the amazing thing about all of these things and there's more to come is that she said all of this stuff before medical science exactly caught up with her why because god told her and god knows everything exactly indigestion mh H326, irritability, temperance 81, life forces are worn away. CD 421 and 422. Many illnesses. Ministry of Healing 326. Nerve shattered. CD 421 through 422. Nervousness. Temperance 81. Numbness. Temperance 81. Skin is sallow and lifeless in appearance. CH 111 through 112. And I have seen this. Yes, me too. And it is scary. Their face is all wrinkled and they look like 20, 30 years older than they are. They look lifeless before they have their coffee and then they're like oh and they say it themselves i cannot be alive until i have a cop but well right but i was talking about their it says their skin is sallow and it does they, they just look so lifeless and they they look so worn out and old it's just weird how you know it changes the looks of a person right it also steals b vitamins from the body the stomach nerves are excited ministry of healing 326 the stomach is ruined cd 411 the appetite for intoxicating liquor is fostered 3t 569 and the appetite for stronger stimulants is fostered cd 429 and 430 the appetite for tobacco is fostered 3t569 the feeling for drugs are needed ch261 you also have trembling mh236 and unnatural appetite 2sm420 and all of these things are very clear to see when you know somebody who does these things and it's very interesting because when you talk to people and you tell them that these things can lead to stronger addictions they won't believe you right but i have seen it for myself where somebody has gone from a small little tiny addiction like a cigarette to a really bad drug addiction where they're addicted to meth and cocaine and heroin and all of these things. Right. Well, you know, what can we do instead, Kayla? There's got to be something we can do. Is there any kind of substitute? Yes. The Lord gives us an amazing substitute all the time. We just have to ask him. And in CD 431.3, it says, neither tea nor coffee should be served. Caramel cereal made as nicely as possible should be served in the place of these health-destroying beverages.
beverages. Also, we can have cereal coffee. And Ministry of Healing tells us that on page 321. Things such as Cafex, Peril, Postum, Roma, Ticino. Those are very good substitutes, and I've had several of them. And they don't taste exactly like coffee. I know because I was a coffee drinker many, many, many years ago. But they're very good. And so, I've had Roma, and it tastes really nice. It does. Uh, so what happens when a person gives up coffee and tea? Let's talk about that. All right. Well, MH335.2 says, Temperance reformers have a work to do in educating the people in these lines. Teach them that health, character, and even life are endangered by the use of stimulants, which excite the exhausted energies to unnatural spasmodic action. Also, in Ministry of Healing 335, it says the tendency of tea, coffee and similar drinks is in the same direction as that of alcoholic liquor and tobacco and in some cases the habit is as difficult to break as it is for the drunkard to give up intoxicants those who attempt to leave off these stimulants will for a time feel a loss and will suffer without them but by persistence they will overcome the craving and cease to feel the lack Nature may require a little time to recover from the abuse she suffered, but give her a chance and she will again rally and perform her work nobly and well. Amen. Praise the Lord. So what should we say and do when giving these things up? Well, we're told in Temperance, page 104, I have a message from the Lord for the tempted soul who's been under the control of Satan, but who's striving to break free. Go to the Lord for help. Go to those who you know, love, and fear God, and say, Take me under your care, for Satan tempts me fiercely. I have no power from the snare to go. Keep me with you every moment until I have more strength to resist temptation. We must claim the promises found in Psalms 50, verse 15, and in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Jesus is our ever-present help in the time of need. Only call upon him in faith, and he has promised to hear and answer your petitions, we are told in five testimonies, 2, 15 through 2. Claim all of the promises in the Bible. Amen. And pray, pray, pray. Never cease to pray. Now we're going to go over some simple steps that can make it easier to stop the use of caffeine. Number one, start your day with a hot shower. Finish with a blast of cold water and rub off briskly with a towel. Then what you want to do is eat a real good breakfast to ensure against those mid-morning energy slumps. Many people skip breakfast and that's not good. Or they just eat a piece of toast or grab something and quick run out the door. But that's not good. Have several servings of fruit and a whole grain cereal or bread and also either a handful of nuts or two tablespoons of seeds like sesame seeds, pumpkin seeds, something like that. That's an excellent breakfast and that will hold you until it's time for lunch which should be five to six hours later. And that's just one example of what you could eat for breakfast. There's right. a lot of possibilities. Oh yes. Also the person needs to avoid all tobacco products. Drink lots of water through the day because water helps flush the caffeine out of your body. And try to keep some relaxing herbal teas to take the place of drinking coffee. Also, get plenty of exercise and trust in divine power first and foremost because God can help us get through anything, whether it's addictions to coffee, alcohol, tea, TV, 
pornography, whatever anybody's struggling with out there, God is there and he can help you get rid of those addictions. God loves you and he wants you to be free from this debilitating addictions. He's ready and willing to give you victory over every bad habit. In Jeremiah 32, 27, he promises, I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? The answer is no, a resounding no. Amen. The evidence is overwhelming. Caffeine is not the harmless, innocent pick-me-up we've thought it to be. With caffeine, there is no amount that can be considered safe, not even at the low dose of just one cup a day. Choose today to avoid all caffeine in all drinks, and you'll be glad you did. Yes, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. And this is very true. Amen. Well, this was very informative. And thank you so much for doing this with me. You're welcome. Well, remember what it says in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. So once you know this stuff, share it with others. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And until next time, and with all of this being said, let your light so shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.